What's up, Creator Cast Nation? Uh, Cody and Chris coming at you with a new podcast. Uh, we got to hang out with Tommy Holstein of Holstein Studios today. Uh, we got to talk about all kinds of stuff like Mafia Wars on Facebook and uh, kind of some books he's reading and some other stuff like that. We kind of just picked his brain for a little bit. Social media was a big one. Yeah, that too. So uh, enjoy this podcast. Also, we are still doing voice messages so if you want to send us a voice message and kind of chat with us and we can answer questions during the podcast, that would be sick. But other than that, where can we find those voice messages at? Uh, Anchor.fm slash CreatorCast is the voice messages. Dope. All Should right. be right at the top of the page. Heck yeah. Let's get into it. So what's up, Tommy? Not much, guys. Chilling. Doing a podcast with, with, with y'all. Heck yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's what I'm doing. We're digging that. Uh, Doing a podcast with you. Dude, nice. So I love the sarcasm. (laughs) So much. (laughs) It's a good start. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay. Let's just jump straight into it. Let's just jump into it. Hey, that's my YouTube thing. Oh, shoot. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take over. Who are you? What do you do? Tell us a little (laughs) bit about yourself. Sure. uh, I would have gotten there. Well, we've arrived now. Yep. Your Uber has arrived, Chris. (laughs) I'm outside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my name's Tommy, uh, Tommy Holstein. I own Holstein Studios. We're a content marketing agency in O'Fallon, Missouri. And basically we focus on two, two pieces of, of pillar content. So we do video production and blog articles and then uh, kind of break that down into micro content. Okay. And just basically we create consistent uh, quality content for businesses and brands. Cool. Um, further than that, we also do like paid ads and then also like the media management aspect of things for sure. But yeah, all in an effort to create an online like fan base a presence and okay. an audience online. Heck yeah. That's yeah. super cool. You have any uh, big clients you want to talk about? You want to shout out? Um, no, truthfully. Um, I mean, under this model, uh, this is a new model that we're trying out. So, um, we've been in business for a year and a half, but okay. for the entire first year, we were strictly a kind of project to project based okay. business, um, which was great. But after, um, you know, multiple, multiple gigs, multiple clients of um, me chasing after the next client, I realized this is not a way that I can scale this into like an actual company. Okay. Um, and that's, that's the goal in, in the long term is for this to be um, like a large thriving business rather than, um, you know, me freelancing. Yeah. Uh, but prior to, uh, you know, the, the long-term contract based model, which we are now, we, uh, we did work with, uh, we did a video with Safeco insurance. Okay. Yeah. Um, most notably, I think we did the, uh, the lip sync for the St. Louis metropolitan police department. Yep. So that, that's probably the, well, definitely the biggest thing that we've done. Yeah, for sure. uh, As far as like reach and views go. How did you get that? I asked, that was it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, so it was a trend, right? It was a viral trend that yeah. I recognized. Um, my dad actually pointed it out to me. I I, I didn't know about them. Uh, Go my dad. dad was like, <laughs> right? Thanks, Dad. Uh, my dad was like, Hey, Tommy, have you seen these police lip sync videos that are going around? And I was like, No. And he showed me um, Norfolk's. They were the the big big one that kind of started everything. It was the um, What's that song that's like, don't believe me, just watch? Uh, Bruno Mars. Yeah. yeah. So they did that song. Um, it was huge. It was like 
75, 100 million views on Facebook alone. And they challenged St. Louis specifically. So my dad was like, Tommy, you should reach out to St. Louis and, and do it for him. And I was like, yeah. Why not? Yeah, so I did. And uh, I reached out to their media contact and was like, hey, I'll do this for free. I just want to be the one that does it. Yeah. And they were like, sure. Heck yeah. So there you go. Okay. Pulled together. Work for free. Yeah. <laughs> you got to sometimes. Right. It's the Gary I'm sure you guys method. have strong, strong opinions on, on the free method. That's always a like, uh, what is it? Dividing thing with people. Yeah. Whether you should work for free or not. Yeah. I mean, there's always like that thing of putting value in yourself and what you, you're working. But I think as like a small business or like a, even an individual freelancing, doing your couple things for free to kind of show what you're worth and showing what you're doing is kind of worth it. And that's just my opinion. But I know other people have other opinions. I mean, that alone got me, that got me the job with Safeco Insurance. And okay. like I, they reached out to me after I released that and they were like, hey, we saw that you did this. We'd love for you to come shoot this video for us. Yeah. So to me, the value of like the, the free work was completely valuable and it kind of mm -hmm. gave me, um, validation I suppose yeah. as to like I can do kind of larger scale projects yeah because um, there was a helicopter involved in that one wasn't there <laughs> yes there was yep. basically when I was when I was kind of scripting it out I was asking the department I was like what all can I get away with mm -hmm. uh, so I just kept asking for things that we could do so like for example we, we got the helicopter yep. in one of the scenes in another, in a different scene, we uh, we shut down Ballpark Village, mm -hmm. one of the streets in Ballpark Village, yeah. and shot on the street. We got Cedric the Entertainer to be uh, to guest star in the video. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I had no control on that. They <laughs> they were like they called me. I was at a concert. I was at a Logic NF and Kyle concert. Yeah, and they I was were just thinking about that the other day. I missed. I wanted to go to that. Concert. You oh, I, sorry. I, I thought you were gonna say you were there. Totally random. No. Well, you should have been there. I wanted to dope. go so bad. NF's new album, though, like, oh is, my god, oh, that was what made We'll me talk about that later. Sure, sure. But <laughs> sorry, off topic. No, you're good. Uh, but yeah, so I was at that concert, and they called me, and they were like, "Tommy, we got Cedric," and I was like, <laughs> "What?" <laughs> They're like, "We got Cedric the Entertainer," and I was like, "Who?" So, yeah, do you even know who that was? <laughs> I I felt bad, but like you know, then I I looked him up, and I was like, dude. He's that lemur from Madagascar. Yeah. Yes. I, I mean, yeah, he, he's known for so many other right. things besides right. oh, that. Oh, yes, he is. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like what was he was in Friday, right? Uh, that series. Yeah, I mean, he's just a St. Louis native yeah. though, too. Yeah. So I mean, he's kind of like the guy. I was embarrassed that I didn't know who he was automatically, but yeah. But hey. But yeah, so we got him. Um in in that video, I got everything that I wanted short of having the SWAT team repel from buildings. That would uh, be sick. That, that would've been, cool. it would've been awesome. But that been really cool. did not get that one. It's probably a pretty big liability. <laughs> there was a, there's probably a lot more hoops you have to jump through yeah. to get that one to, Plus to happen. The buildings and mm -hmm. Well, I wanted Ballpark Village. Yeah. I wanted them to repel off those buildings. Yeah, good luck. No. <laughs> isn't that Bush Stadium? Like isn't I mean it's right next it's, to it. I don't know if they Oh I thought it was own like a it, part of it. Technically, They're affiliated with I've been sure. to Bush Stadium once, so. When was the last time you went to Bush know. Stadium? When I was eight. Oh, okay. Well, Ballpark Village wasn't a thing when you were eight. Really? Not Is like. New? It's newer. I didn't know that. I mean, I, I went like. I mean, there's the always been like the new one. a Ballpark Village 
but it's nothing to what the scale that it is now. Really? I mean, there used to be like a couple bars down there and stuff like that, but now there's you know that those like big four areas around that's like you go and you drink at Ballpark Village, you can see the game from the rooftop, stuff like that. So like now they like you walk in the street and stuff. Yeah. Was that not a thing? Not ten years ago. Really? No. Wow. Interesting. So me Getting shutting scared. down, me getting that street shut down was not as impressive as I as I once thought. Unfortunately, but, uh, <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble. Okay. There. That's okay. That's okay. So working on that caliber of a project, what's something that like you realized you were struggling with, like while shooting? Like what's like a big struggle you like overcame? Sure. Um, I knew that I couldn't do it alone. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it was a large scale project. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I had to coordinate 200 plus police officers mm-hmm. and I didn't do it on my own. Um, I recognized that and I reached out to a friend from college. Um, uh, her name is Erica. Shout out Erica for helping me put that video together. She did all of the um, uh, shoot. What's that called? When you choreography choreography, I was yeah. going to say coordinating, but which I guess, yeah, same but, kinda, yeah. But yeah, so like, basically, she she came up with all the dances, all the moves, all of all of that kind of stuff. And so we would show up on each day of shooting. We had mm-hmm. five separate days of shooting. We would show up each day, and for the first hour and a half, two hours, she was just commanding, taking control of of all of these officers. Yeah. And then once they got it, I came in and and filmed it, and then we were done. Yeah. Um. But that is something I could not have done on my own. I don't know choreography. I don't, um, you know, I, I got the job and I was like, yeah, a lip sync video. I'm going to do this lip sync video. And then I was like, <laughs> what now? Yeah, like what goes uh, into it? Yeah. And, kind of stuff. and that, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned when going through this um, entrepreneur, entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started, I did want to be all on my own. I think I thought that was a big plus is that I'm doing all this on my own. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to do forever. But, you know, after a year, I was like, I can't t- to get to the scale and have the impact that I want to have in my career. Mm-hmm. It's impossible for me to do this on my own. Yeah. I need people on my team. I need like minded individuals who share the vision in the and the passion for what we're trying to accomplish. For sure, 100%. Um, yeah, so I mean, after a year of me doing it on my own, Dylan, what's that, dude? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dylan approached me and he was like, I see what you're doing and I think that um, what you're doing is is awesome and I think it's gonna be a success and I'd love to be a part of that journey and um, start helping you now in any way I can. Did yeah. you guys know um, each other before? Yeah, we've been friends for okay over a decade at this point. Um, okay, so you guys were friends, and then you kind of came together, right? And we and we've and he and I have always had. Uh, he's my um, my COO. Okay. Um, now and like moving forward, we're we're co-founders of Holstein Studios, essentially. Okay. Uh, or not essentially, we are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, growing up, we he and I always had ideas for different businesses or ventures that we would kind of go and say we were doing and then not do like we were going to write a book one day yeah uh, hey it's still possible yeah <laughs> i mean we could uh we were we were trying to write like a like a fantasy book like a it, it was something it was called like the the five rings or the five kings or something 
and you can't talk to the camera guy. You can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> so this is all me right now. Um, we always said we were going to be making millions. That was our catchphrase, making right. millions one day. So it's cool now, uh, almost a decade later, we're still trying to make millions. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's such like a humble beginning. Too, yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it is just you and I right now. Like we're from not from books we don't, to a social media company. Right. Di- very, very different uh, path that we took. Yeah. Definitely more digital. It, yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I didn't even think. Hey, about you it. can do I an mean, ebook. Respect. I mean, you could do an ebook. So, but what you were kind of saying that like, um, really like sparked interest in me is like, you realize you can't do it on your own. I think that right. all boils down to networking. And that's something that me and Chris talk about a lot. Like we, every episode pretty much really dude, networking is networking like cast. your number one thing. And I think especially when you're in like the film industry, when you're doing something where you're being creative, it's all about who, you know, yeah. it's all about like, because doing it by yourself, at least in my studies too, it's not hundred percent possible all the time. Like there's people who know how to do makeup, know how to do staging, know how to do choreography, know how to do lighting that you might not know. And having those people in your cell phone, in your books to have and yeah. already be like, hey, I need help. Right. And people who drop that dime and come straight to you are like, I will help you. Those are the people you want to keep around. Exactly. And those are the people that you learn from because you might know a million ways to do one thing, but another person might know a million other ways to do that same thing. Yeah. And it, their way might be way easier than the way you've been doing it a million times. So, well, it's also just, you know, a, a different perspective. Like even, mm-hmm. I think one of the most dangerous things we can do is say, I, I already know that uh-huh. I already know how to do that. Yep. Um, because then you're not, you're not progressing. You're, you're like, Oh, I know video. I don't know video. I, I mean, I, that's my career, but like, there's so many other videographers and people who do this craft that do it in a different way. So yeah, having a chance, like, Collaboration is, I think, one of the coolest things because you get to see someone's process. Exactly. You get to see the way that they move the camera when they're making a video, the way that, like, I, I could sit and watch someone edit and doing post-production for hours. Yeah. Just seeing, like, oh, they put that layer above that layer. Mm-hmm. They put the adjustment layer there instead of, oh, that's weird. That's, yeah. It's, like, it's so cool. And to go back on, um, on what you said with um, it's all about networking. It is, but I think what a lot of people miss is that it's not just networking. Because I think when people think of networking, it's like, here's my business card, and you've now networked with that person. Yeah. But it's mostly about yeah, relationships, not, like yeah. building actual relationships. Yeah, I, like I the agree. fact that like you guys wanted to do this today, or that you're doing it with, like you're doing a podcast with anybody, you're building a relationship. Yeah. It's not just. You know, that was a big part of why we started, why I started the podcast yeah. was because being able to like build this relationship, like I could have emailed you and been, or messaged you who emails. Been <laughs> like, it's 2019 who emails. <laughs> Everybody still emails Chris. God. I know. Uh, but I could have been like, hey, let's get a cup of coffee. And we would have talked for, you know, sure. 20 minutes or whatever or hour, but it probably wouldn't have been as beneficial or like for everybody to be doing a podcast. Right. Yeah. Because not only now is it not just let's get coffee and then I'm probably going to pick your brain or you're going to like, that's a very a one-sided relationship usually when you ask to get yeah. coffee Yeah. versus this that's is a like, good point. you get your own, like, yeah. you've got a videographer here, like doing 
video and you're going to create content around it. Like it's a mm. much bigger, like it's a thing. win-win for everybody. Right. Exactly. It's a more beneficial way to pick each other's brains. Yeah. I never thought about it in that, in that way that when you ask when a coffee, it is one sided. Now that I, now that I well, like, right. actually think like, about that. Cause you, 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 yeah. you asked them there for a purpose. Like, yeah. like right. I need to know something that, you know, and it's not, it, yeah. it's seldom a dialogue like this. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good point. Yeah, for sure. I, I like that. That was a good point. <laughs> a good point. I have those every once in a while. <laughs> the point was good. Uh, so, okay. So one of the things that really interested me about you in general and why I wanted to get you on the podcast so much was because you're one of the few people from Lindenwood I know who like chose the freelance and kind of starting your own agency versus right. going to get a nine to five. And I, I did the same thing. Like I'm freelancing now and the eventual goal is an agency sure so kind of what was your motivation behind that like did you kind of already know that or was it just <laughs> um i'm actually i'm writing a, a blog post about this now so it's funny you bring that up i um i became an entrepreneur on accident uh <laughs> i had full intentions of getting a job straight out of of college i was you know First semester senior year, I was sending applications everywhere I could, um, not getting any responses, mind you. Um, yeah. But Feel you on so that I was working at a startup company called Lumagram. Okay. Oh, maybe I should have name dropped. Rough. Uh -oh. Uh, oh well. Uh, <laughs> I worked there for a year and a half. We did uh, we did animated logos for businesses, and they shut down in. The, uh, the very end of 2017 or the beginning of 2018, um, either or, I was told that I no longer had a position there. Um, it was it was more like I was ghosted rather than I was told, um, but it is what it is. Uh, so I was out of a job and it was my last semester in school and I was like, I need to make money right now. So I was applying for serving jobs, waiting tables. I've waited tables many times in the past. Um, that's what I know outside of being a creative. I was applying for all sorts of jobs like those, but then I was like, okay, my school payments are coming up right now, mm -hmm. uh, like, like next week. I have no savings. I need to make money any way I can. What can I offer today that I can make money for tomorrow? And I was like, well, I, I enjoy doing video. Mm -hmm. I could reach out to businesses and see if I could do videos for them. And I went home and cold emailed hundreds and hundreds of people in the next week, like 200 plus a day, mm -hmm. just saying, hey, my name's Tommy, I'm a local freelancer. I'd love to offer my video services for your business, if at all possible, something along those lines. Yeah. Like, some got back, not many. Uh, my, my open rates were very low, but some did get back. Yeah. Uh, my first ever client doing a video for was The Darkness, Lent Brewery Haunted Houses in St. Yeah, Louis. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did like six, seven videos for them, but I'm forever grateful that um, that they reached, that they got back to me and were like, yeah, come make a video for us. Mm -hmm. Because had I not gotten that first client um, when I did, I don't know if I'd be doing this now because it was really just to hold me over until I got yeah. a job waiting tables. 
so that happened. I made a couple of videos and then started getting some other work. And then I ended up making more money that first month than I ever had ever in my life. Yeah. And I was like, okay, there's, there might be something to this. And my dad and my grandfather were both entrepreneurs for as their entire lives, I guess. I <laughs> like it. So I, I, I had a lot of guidance going to my father and asking him, like, we still talk almost every day. Um, I'll call him with questions like, Hey, how do I deal with this client situation? Mm -hmm. Or there's, you know, how, how do I do a sales meeting? Like dad, I don't know how to do any of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of how I started doing what I'm doing is just, um, purely out of desperation. Yeah. Uh, and then it worked. Heck yeah. And that's why I'm here. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, dude. I had a thing, but I forgot what it was. Like I usually <laughs> do. Uh, because, okay. You mentioned, okay. So whenever you first did it, you started, you got your first client and it was a paid client, but then you went to the St. Louis blues and offered to do it for free. Police. And I, sorry. Yeah. That's what I, you're good. St. Louis police. I don't know why it, blues for the Stanley cup champion. They're still now. in our heads, man. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're still there, but okay. So paid, and then went to the St. Louis police for free. Correct. I thought, I forgot exactly what my thought on that was, but like, I, I liked it because you didn't immediately just like try to give yourself away for free. Like you put right. that effort into not put that effort, but like you, you did get paid jobs and you right, did kind right. of had a little, have a little bit of momentum. And then once you had that little bit of momentum, you went and got something for free that can help build you up. And I think that's super important for um, freelancers and businesses to know, like, because if you start free, it's really hard to go from free to paid. Yeah. But once you start getting paid work and then you kind of go back to free to get, you know, that exposure as much as we hate that yeah. word. I think that's super. No, I mean uh, like exposure is good in a sense. Like, so I, I have a general rule of thumb when it comes to free work. I, you know, there's, there's an exception to every rule, of course. Yeah. But I will never do free work if someone approaches me and asks for free work. Yeah. I will go role. to companies and say, I'd like to do this for you for free to either one, because I think this is an opportunity where the exposure will help me or two, because I think it will then lead to, um, a relationship with that business. Yeah. Um, that, that's my rule. I, 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 I was approached by like a local political candidate mm -hmm. and like early, early in me doing this, um, uh, this is like right after I had gotten a couple jobs with the darkness and she was asking me about my political views and, and this and that. And then she was like, would you do any work pro bono? And I was like, well, no. And I don't, I don't blame her. Like, you know, it's the, she was probably self-funding her campaign. So I mm -hmm. get it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, for me, wasn't worth, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. And especially getting into politics, right? That's out, a rough right one out the right gate, now. I don't think that would have been a good idea. Yeah. That's a rough uh, one right I now. I currently watched a, a video. Um, I don't know if you guys, I know you do. You know who Chris Howe is? Yeah. He's part of the dope squad. He's, he, he is yeah. part of the dope squad. Yeah. He put a video out saying that he declined a, a oh, $100,000 video job? gig. And he kind of went in to say like the things that he thinks about when he accepts clients, like 
what benefits you in the long run and what does that company stand for and are these cool people to work with? And those something that like thinking about it are good things to take into consideration because like what are these clients going to do for you that, you know, like with political views and stuff, mm -hmm. you don't want to get right into that and then like you never know. People down the line might say, oh, well, you worked for this side. Yep. I'm, I'm not hiring you. I, I've taken off. So I, I, I use TimeHop to yeah. um, curate my feed, mm -hmm. uh, my, <laughs> my past feed. Yeah. If I see something that is too political yeah. <laughs> that I have posted maybe in previous years, I use TimeHop to Deleted notify it. me that, hey, this is something you said a while ago that maybe might get you in trouble in a couple of years. Uh, you know, Delete. It, like my, right you know, I, ideally I'll have influence in an audience at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want those around. Yeah. But yeah, on, on that point, him saying, and I, I didn't watch the video. I just saw yeah. the, the thumbnail to that point. It, it sounded like he was taking the long-term approach rather than the short term because yeah, yeah having, taking that political campaign job in the short term would have benefited me uh, financially. Yeah. But in the long term, I didn't think it would have added anything to to mm -hmm. me, and and if anything, just hurt me. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Did you watch the video? Do you, do you have the context of it? Uh, because I don't. I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. Okay. Because okay. I think it's something that you should watch. It was very informational gotcha. and very something that like I can send you the link later. Please but, do. Yeah. Um, something as like a freelancer, something to just kind of think about, and something, and I know that like. Nece not necessarily freelance because you own the studio and stuff, but like sure. in general, when you're working with clients, it's something that you should take into consideration. Right. So I'll definitely send you the link to that when we're done. Yeah, that'd be awesome. There. But yeah, I I never I've never watched Chris Howe really. Um, I've seen him around YouTube. Yeah. But I never I've been watching Peter for year. Well, I started with Casey. Uh, Everybody does. Every, yeah. Um, Peter McKinnon shor shortly thereafter, and then Maddie. Only in the past couple months did I actually start watching him, and now he's yeah. doing. I daily, started watching so. him more with. Daily. No, he stopped. He what? stopped already. Oh, spoiler alert! Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Why? He um. If you want that me, it surprised me. He said he was only going to make it like two weeks. Do you want me to tell you why? I'll tell you if you sure. want. Sure. Yeah. He yeah. he said that he spoiler was getting alert. um. Yes. Yeah, spoiler alert. Um, for Maddie Hipposia fans, um, he got burnt out really. Not that he got burnt oh, out, my God. but he saw himself doing it too much and it was becoming more of an addictive personality thing and he was losing the like track between him and his family and like he can tell that he was getting really obsessed with yeah. it really quickly and he realized that he needed to stop i mean that's what happened with casey that's like, crazy how times. quick he figured that out yeah like, he got he got 26 episodes in awareness and then he went to... he went two weeks without filming anything like the video he posted today was from like i don't know like a week and a half ago Dude. he's and he was saying like this is the first time I touched a camera in like two weeks. He's like, I completely shut myself out. I mean, like, good on him That's for crazy. like choosing yeah. family over work. Like, honestly, but it does kind of suck just because only because I was looking forward to yeah. So watching yeah. a daily vlogger again. He got like, twenty six <laughs> episodes in and just he was gonna he was gonna hashtag make daily great great again. Yeah, I think was his hashtag. <laughs> yeah, um, he was doing good for dude. A little I bit, think but. daily vlog could like take off again. Yeah, I think if there I, were I want creators to who do actually it. did it, I've always wanted to do it. I I tested it out, um, vlogging. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'd, I'd be much better at it now. But like right when I like first bought my camera, I tested out vlogging. But I went to the I minored in game design. Okay, didn't and you get one of your clients from that video? 
I thought I remember oh, you saying that on Facebook. Yeah, I did. Uh, well, it was or less of a something. so it was like a vlog format. Um, yeah. Or okay. So what you're talking about is I made a a post recently sharing that um, one of my first like YouTube videos, like just a personal YouTube video, mm-hmm. got me my first client. The darkness. I thank you for bringing that up. I forgot all about <laughs> that. Um, they they looked me up when I reached out and they saw one of my old videos and he was like. I wanted to go with you because I like the way you tell a story, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I'm all about. I, I, storytelling, having you know heart behind your videos and whatnot, whatever. Um, but oh shoot, where was I going? I I, I, I went uh, off track. Uh, uh, I hold, don't up. Know. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. Back up. Where are the show notes? Jamie, pull that up. Jamie? Yeah, <laughs> Jamie. Um, okay, vlogging, vlogging, talking about yeah, me vlogging. vlogging. There we go. Jeez. Uh, so. I tried vlogging for a little bit, but uh, I was not very good. Um, I also really didn't, um, I couldn't get past the talking to myself in camera in public. Yeah. I, like I, well, I, I did it, but I was very uncomfortable doing it. And I know that if I kept doing it, I would have gotten more comfortable. Yeah. Um, which, you know, may happen now. Like I may pick it back up. Yeah. But I was just, it was weird to me, dude. I, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I vlogged the Global Game Jam. It's a three-day event where you – it's like a hackathon. Okay. You, you go. You have three days to find a team, make a game, and present it at the end. Okay. So I vlogged that whole thing, and it just is not entertaining. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I watched it recently, and I was like – which is good, I guess, because I'm, I'm watching it. And I'm like, there's so many things I would change mm-hmm. from this now. Like, why did I do that shot? Why did I even include this at all? Why didn't I explain this part? Uh, yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I I can see why someone would get burnt out on it pretty quickly. Because I just did yeah. it for three days. And, yeah. And I was like, wow. Well, that makes you give props to, like, Casey, who did it for uh, Two and a half years straight? Something like that. It was some ridiculous day amount. It sucked. I started watching him like a month before he stopped doing daily and just was like, I'm ending the vlog. And I was yeah. like, Dang what? It. I just <laughs> got into this. This is like 2015, I guess. Yeah. I was a freshman, yeah. sophomore in college. And, and he was like, yep, I'm ending the vlog. And I was like, great. So I went back and watched all <laughs> their 800 episodes of it. Yeah. I think I watched every single Casey video, dude. I was obsessed for so long. It's good content. It, it's it so is. good. I love the way he tells stories. It's, I don't know. It's great. He's, re- he's really what got me to watch YouTube. Like, I never watched YouTube. Like, yeah. followed a YouTuber. I never did that before, Casey. Really? Yeah. I was the exact same way, to be honest. Really? I never watched anybody else but Casey. He's he was a- the, he, like, I only watched Casey for until he ended the vlog, and then that was the only reason why I, like, got into YouTube at all, was because he was ending the vlog and I needed people to, like, So you were like, I need someone else time. to. Yeah. But yeah, and I think that was about the same time that Peter came up. I think he, he was a little bit later, but so I started getting into like dope squad because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so weird to think so about. That was pretty much everything. Cause like, dude, I remember like 2008 Smosh stuff. Like that's when I started watching YouTube. See, I yeah. watched those videos, but I never like followed yeah. Smosh. You know? I, I, and then like I got, that's when like peak, like unbox therapy started happening yeah. and all that kind of old stuff. So it's like, I remember. I always forget that like unbox therapy and like MKBHD have been in it. Dude, it's like MKBHD is a champ have you seen his first so i 
I went to YouTube and watched his first video. Mm-hmm. His voice sounds like Elmo. <laughs> yeah, he's like Legit. 10. He gets Dude. recommended every once in a while. Do you yeah. not watch him? I no, I do. Like I, oh, okay. his first video, every once in a while, pops up in my recommendation. Oh, oh, like that <laughs> like video that gets recommended. Video yeah. pops up. Ugh. There's been a lot of oh. like random recommended videos popping up. I think last week we talked about a. Uh, there was a camper. He was just he was like 12 and he went out to camp to like celebrate his 70th subscriber. Yeah, and it popped up in my recommended and it had like 7.5 million views and he had like 1.5 million subscribers. Oh my god! It was, it was like a four-year-old video. Like it was really weird, but that YouTube algorithm, man, it's yeah. crazy. That's probably not good that he got that sort of attention that early. I don't know if it was like that quickly or not, or if it just like randomly got All picked of a up like just got years blown up later as right. a meme because it's like he's yeah, just, it was something like that. Because you know. well, I feel like you know having a huge YouTube audience is something that so many kids want right now. Oh yeah, and you if you if you get so it young. off of some one viral video, I feel like like and you have seventy subscribers and you're twelve, I feel like you can't sustain an audience because like yeah. you're like I did it now what and then and then what yeah. do you do like <laughs> yeah there's only so much you can do when you're twelve it's like yeah. child stars there's yeah. gonna be the downfall like Ryan's toys God. reviews what what's gonna happen in ten years when he's not doing toy reviews but he's still on YouTube I made a <laughs> So I, I was I tried to be a YouTuber when I was like 11, 12, 13, whatever. Okay. Um, well, first off, I, I did a lot of parodies of like, you remember, um, what's the, who did How to Be Emo, How to Be Ninja? Isn't that Nigahiga? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Correct. The Asian guy? Yeah. Um, I did a lot of par- parody of, of those videos. Uh, but then one video, I... Do you guys remember the show The Mighty Bee? Uh, the I've, Mighty I've Bee. heard of starring it. Amy Poehler. Oh, ew. Well, it was it was a an animated kids show. Oh, okay. On like that, Nickelodeon. No, I don't. Oh, no. That's fine. It was not a it's not a memorable <laughs> show. Clearly, yeah. <laughs> for, for for us at least. There was a song in one of the episodes, I guess, called like the Rainbow Unicorn song. Okay. And I made a lip sync video to that song and was dancing around and mind you i'm 11 going through puberty i'm Mm -hmm. assuming uh i'm pretty chubby i'm wearing thin wireframe glasses i have a huge afro this is still on youtube no no (laughs) jamie can't pull this one up (laughs) jamie don't pull that one up jamie here's why it's not on youtube it got like it got like 400,000 views. Okay. Oh, wow. Um really quickly. Yeah. And I got tons of hate. Yeah. Tons and tons of hate of people telling me you should kill yourself. You why are, why is this on YouTube? The, oh, this kid's so ugly and stupid and I was like, yeah, delete. 400,000 <laughs> is probably an exaggeration. It was probably yeah. more like it was probably more like 90,000 Still. to be honest. Um but it was like, it was a big number for 2008 YouTube. Yeah. And it was going viral on YouTube and I didn't want it to happen anymore. So I deleted it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'd love if you guys could go find that, that video for me. If you could like unearth it from some <laughs> oh God. YouTube archive. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fantastic. Like that. You do the Wayback Machine. The Wayback Machine. What is that? It's like a website 
it'll it archives like every website, every major website or something. Yeah, no, I don't think it'll actually pull up like old videos though. Yeah, because it would, but it'll it show would like host the, old the files and stuff. Yeah, no, okay. but you can look at like what certain websites looked at at a certain time and stuff like that. That's cool. Go back to like yeah. the original. Do you guys remember styling? when a Facebook was changing? Like it, it went through rapid changes really fast, and everyone was like. There were like Facebook groups like bring back the old Facebook. Yeah, I remember that. Or like there was also those Facebook groups who were like change the Facebook logo to green or like whatever color and stuff. Do you remember anything like change the Facebook color to blue or like red or whatever? No. That was a big thing. Pages were They were just Facebook pages used to just be petitions. Yeah, literally. Or just like they're cuz now they're like communities. Now Facebook groups are communities. Yeah. But when they started coming out, they were just like there were just weird things like, like, I, I remember one, there was some movie like Night at the Museum that did like, boom, boom, firepower. Okay. There was a quote or whatever. Yeah. I was in a group that was like, I hate when people say boom, boom, firepower. I remember being in that group. Yeah. I guess I hated it that much <laughs> Well, to where I joined a group about it. Do you ever like... Nowadays, you come across the like the Facebook group you used to be a part of, and it's like the face group like group's name <laughs> is like, remember that one time your hand fell asleep like this or like some stupid yeah. like, thing, and it's in like all caps. It's like that was like the original meme, almost. dude. That was the wild west of the internet. It, I mean, it it's it so bizarre best, to think of it now. Best part of that, yeah. But um, so speaking of like different internet platforms, do you have like one that you currently are like on and using all the time? Honestly, Facebook. Okay. Um, I know a lot of people. You're old, um, man. Yeah, dude, my, I know. My parents. God. I know. Dude, I've, I've been on Facebook since I was 12 years old. I think we all like, have. Dude, Zuckerberg, don't come at me with that. I know you're supposed to be 13. <laughs> get zucked, dude. I don't want to get zucked, man. Uh, I remember having to convince my mom to let me on because I was like, my sister's on there. I'll talk to her. Bro, I, I just played Mafia Wars all day. Dude, <laughs> I just got a notification on Time Hop asking people, Mafia members, join my mob. Oh, whatever dude, that dude. even meant. I don't even know what that means. I don't even remember. I don't even remember the like, game. I just remember I used to play it. It was probably stupid. It was probably, I think it was like a click game. Like all you did was click yeah. the button and try to like earn money or something. Dude, I don't know. Oh my God. But there was, you it was just, like AB. You just unearthed some <laughs> memories, dude. I, I played with my dad. I played yeah. Mafia Wars with my dad and my like our neighbor. Like we used to like all sit on the couch and just play Mafia Wars. It's so weird to think about. It's so lame to think about. Like, <laughs> dude, play Red Dead Redemption or something. What are you doing with your life? That was, that was a whole different time. I played the man. Pawn Star game a lot. What was that? It was like it was a click game. It sounds like the same thing. Like it was it was a uh, History Channel had a whole series called Pawn Stars, Ooh, and yeah. they would go to the. It was just that, but on Facebook. Yeah, I think I, mean, that, I think you're talking about like a similar forth. game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's probably it the all. same premise. Well, they all were. Different skin. I don't recommend them. Thank God they're like no. dead. <laughs> yeah. Facebook games. If you, are you Remember when you were old enough that Facebook had games? I think they still do. Do they really? Because Farmville is like a big thing. Oh, God. Farmville okay. is like reinventing itself. We're getting on, off topic. On another but. note, so f use Facebook as just like for your company, for you, for like, what's your main for, for everything? Yeah, Facebook's definitely my my main channel. Um, mm. I mean, I've got the most the the highest audience on there. Like, I think we're at like thirteen hundred on our business page. Um, that 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 that's our biggest audience. But also, I just um, I'm so familiar with the language of Facebook. Yeah. Um, like I I understand it so well 
compared to others. Like I, I understand the languages of other platforms, but I just haven't been using them as often. Okay. Um, you know, I, I'm not like this now, but, uh, but growing up, I was always, I was a late adopter of different social medias. Okay. Which is now like blasphemy for like what I do as a, as a career. Irony at its but, finest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I remember being like Instagram's stupid. Twitter's stupid because they're, it's just Facebook, but limited. Yeah. Why would anyone use this? Why would you use Instagram when it's just pictures, when you can post pictures and other things on Facebook? Yeah. But it's not about that. Well, it's, yeah. it's about, it's, it's, you're using social media in a completely different way when you're on Instagram than when you're on Facebook, than yeah. when you're on Twitter. And that's, that's why other, other platforms thrive. That's why Twitter, where it has a limit on how many characters you can, you can type, still thrives because yep. you, just, you just use it differently. Well, plus those limiting factors kind of make it more creative too. Sure. Yeah. They Twitter d- now is starting to get not limited, not limited at all. I mean, there's still, well, it's not 140, it's now 280. Yeah. But and they've got more images and videos now and they're like expanding yeah. everything. GIFs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if a client came to you with, and they were like, hey, we only have the timer ability to do one platform and they have nothing, what would you gotcha. put them on? So, oh, so if, if they're, if I had to choose just one? Yeah. So if you're like, they only have the time to run one social media platform. So, well, just, just for on the record, just for reference, um, what we do is um, our, our company, we put our clients on multiple social medias. So like, yeah. so let's say they're just on Facebook or they're on nothing at all, whatever. Um, we also add them to like Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Medium, YouTube. We make sure that they're, they're, they have a presence Everywhere. on multiple channels. Yeah. If I were to choose one, that would depend on what their industry is. Um, I don't answer. think, I, like that. I don't think that, sorry. I think some <laughs> industries, some businesses will thrive better on something like Instagram where maybe you'll see a younger audience and some will do better on Facebook where maybe it is in an older audience. There's a big push right now where like Facebook's just for old people. Like you said, yeah. I don't, I mean, 2.5, 2.8 billion people are still on Facebook. Well, let's, yeah. Like you're still on Facebook. Oh, 100%, let's not, yeah. let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Facebook's still the king when it comes to social media. I mean, there's so many people on Facebook. They had to give internet to other countries to Did they really? Get, yeah. They're, they're, they're like big initiative right now is getting internet to like African countries. Dude, always trust satellites and stuff. Always trust Facebook. Cause they're like, Hey, we need more people. <laughs> Whatever, whatever Zuckerberg's doing, just believe in it. Just trust Zuckerberg. Restart. Are you questions about What's that? that? Oh, you just don't agree with that? Always trust Zuckerberg. Always trust Zuckerberg, oh, dude. Always not trust Zuckerberg. Trust. Dude, <laughs> I, I believe it. I believe it. The dude's brilliant. He has so many people on his team, like, doing different things. And if he's betting on something, I think it's a safe bet is basically what I'm saying. So, like, Libra, I think, is his new cryptocurrency. I bet that changes the it will the whole plot. It will. And it that's will. Scary. Yeah. It's. I don't. I don't. Know. I don't he's got a, too much power. I feel like he does. But yeah, you're right. Like he's he's smart. He's gonna know how to. Yeah. He's gonna work succeed. So's right. so's Bezos. They're going to succeed. Right. Like there's there's nothing that can stop them at this point. Um. One hundred percent. Anyway. With that. <laughs> sadly. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not a. <laughs> it's not a great thing. 
but it's reality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as um, as far as one platform goes, I don't think there is one. I think it would depend on what what their market is, what their target demographic is, because each social media platform caters to a different demographic, and it it portrays media in a different way on each platform. So like, I wouldn't just take a YouTube video and put it directly on Instagram. Yeah. Um, or IGTV. I, I pay no attention to IGTV. I, that has not seen any growth yet, so I don't I don't pay attention to it. Um, but yeah, you, you, you can't you can't get the same message across on different platforms in the exact same way that you get it across on one platform. So you have to kind of um, play with the demographic yeah. and play with their audience. For sure. Yeah. That's my, that's that, that's our that's our take on that. Very fair answer. Not as not as uh, controversial as I was hoping for. Oh, you want? Oh, you want? You want controversial? Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Vimeo. Only put them. Yeah. Only put them on Vimeo. I'm interested to see what um what TikTok's gonna do. Oh God. I mean, it's number four on the App Store. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's, it's also. Uh, I think it's like the biggest social media platform in China right now. Is it really? Because I, like, I think that's they allow it. Yeah. That's part of what like made it so big. Oh wow! Because it's allowed in China. That's crazy. But it's owned by a Chinese company, so there's also oh. the, like the controversy of like, okay, you're putting all your data on a Chinese platform, yeah. and the government can wow. use it however they want. Interesting. Didn't know that. That's kind of a. But I think it's gonna go big. I think it's it's gonna go it, big. It's oh, me, it's big. big. Sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. already <laughs> big. It's a lot like, like like Vine right now. It is. It's not it as fun as Vine. Same. Vine was That's hilarious. Not, Vine was true. so fun. I do not find TikTok as fun, but you can't discredit where TikTok's at. TikTok yeah. is insane. I hate it. I hate the content on it. I hate the way that you communicate on TikTok. Yep. I hate the duets, whatever. Like all, the yeah. whole platform, I hate. But it's. <laughs> but for some businesses, that might be exactly where you need to be. That's how Old TikTok. Town Road went big. Yes. And it's the it just broke records. Yep. Yeah. I, what was the record? Like most streamed song uh, in X amount of time or something? I think it was it's been number one on the Billboard charts for, I think, 17 weeks now. Yeah. The next record was 16 with the Mariah Carey song and Despacito. Mm. With and Justin it all Bieber. came from little TikTok yep. that... That we love to make well, fun of. Well, and he did. He put he he did an interview recently. And he was talking about he posted memes for like months with yeah. that song in the background. Before the dude's a big. brilliant content marketer. He is. He he knows what he's doing. It's it, been very interesting to watch the growth of it and everything with him. I'm he, he oh he he did release an EP or album. I think it was just an EP. But I'm I'm curious to see if he maintains that sort of. Uh, he How will. He forward. will. If he was able to do that, like, do that content strategy with Old yeah. Town Road, I'm sure he's gonna do it again with whatever Something else he does. Yeah, and he's Probably. got the audience. I mean, he's got now. all the biggest like artists now chasing him. They do. Or he's he, done he what? Does, Cardi yeah. B, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus, obviously, mm-hmm. Young Thug, yeah, Little Wayne. I think just did a remix. Everybody. I didn't hear that one. I think Little Wayne did it. He did a remix of Young Thug's remix. 
Oh, jeez. It's like a weird... It, we're getting into weird territory with music right now. Remix I, remix. Yeah, the, the most and it's in, all memes. The most interesting part of all of this is that music... Music genres do not mean what they used to. Yeah. Like, yeah. Th- they don't. Old Town Road is a prime example of that. There's another song on the radio that's like a country rap song, but like... Dude, genres are blending. They're they're testing different things. We're in a weird, a weird time with music, and it's gonna be super interesting to see where it goes in the next ten years. For sure, just all changing, all blending together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Okay, so jumping way back to the very beginning of this podcast, mm-hmm. this is like my number two question, but. I know whenever you started Holstein Studios, because I was in your capstone class whenever. Right. We, whenever yeah. you started, yeah, that, you were. And did the first like website. It was strictly video. Correct. What made you change from video to now this content marketing, where it's sure video and blogs and sure. We realized that it wasn't. Um, so, yeah, we we started with just video, and it was just single project based. You you pass for one video and that's it and then we you know if you want more you can pay us per video but that was the that was the model and we switched to a a long-term contract-based model where we provide consistent content in the form of videos blogs other forms of content because one video wasn't giving our clients the results we wanted it to Mm -hmm. uh, we felt that what they needed to actually achieve the results that they wanted, which was to, you know, in the end, drive more sales, make yeah, more money. Yeah. That's the goal of any sort of marketing is to make more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they needed consistent content. They needed to build an audience, a loyal fan base online. And if you do one video, then yeah, it might do something for you, but it's not gonna, it's not gonna sustain you. That video is not gonna grow your business. Yeah, Producing consistent content, being catering to your audience and giving them valuable educational entertaining content uh that now you are a resource for them that's how you build an audience is you you give 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 not make a video about hey look at my sale here's what i sell why don't you come and buy this that's not the kind of content that we like to make yeah we make content that's like okay what's the what kind of things are people searching about your industry what kind of questions are you answering all the time that people are searching on Google? So you're a, you, you sell homes, okay? So if you have a blog post on your website going over different models of homes and which one might be right for you that maybe someone's looking for an article just like that. Now it's hosted on your website. Now you've got them on your website. And now they are paying attention to you. Yeah. And we're all about attention. So before it was just, we want to make cool videos. We want to make pretty videos that people think are good. And that was the strategy. And now it's, we want to build you an audience. I love how insanely smart that is because there's a lot of video people who got, again, started with just like making the pretty videos. And like you said, doing one video doesn't really get you that far right you really need to have that consistent scheduling and consistent uh posting i've done uh i've done social media for like 
a couple small companies and then that's my like day job right now right and getting clients and everybody to kind not even just clients but like everybody in general to understand that this isn't something that's quick yeah you need to like spend the time on it uh you know multiple months at the least you know i can't make you one post and it's going to go big <laughs> like that's if if i could i, w- I would they do it would love myself. to think that we right. can but it's just not possible. It's it's a long-term strategy, not a short-term. But like yes. all good things, you know, dieting and exercising, it's not something that's a quick fix. There, I compare it to taking a, a diet pill or, you know, maybe it does something, but it's not going to sustain you. Yeah. Doing the So I, I did the, the Whole30 diet once, for example. Um, for that 30 days, I did lose a bit of weight. Um, and then I gained it all right back once I was done because it was a, it was a quick fix that I was looking for. I wasn't looking for a lifestyle change. Mm -hmm. So once I changed my diet, changed my exercise routines, then I started losing weight and I became healthier. Same thing with social media. If, if you do one video post, that's, it's the same thing as doing a fad diet for 30 days and not getting the results you want from it. Right. But Even if your video goes completely viral, like it would be so simple. Right. You get 2 million views and you think that you're made. But if the rest of your content after that isn't up to right. par, then it, it's not worth it. Let's yeah. say you make a dope video, right? You pay, you pay someone a ton of money to make one dope video. You get a, you get a ton of new people in your audience. Now they're expect they're there because they're expecting that level of content, that kind of content from you. And then if you just drop off the face of the earth, you don't deliver that content anymore. You so what you you gain a bunch of people to your audience, and now you're shoving sales posts down their throat. Yep, that's not why, why yep. they're there. They're not going to stay. They're not going to care. Yep. And we want to make content that people care about, that an audience will find valuable, and want to share with their friends. In the end, that's what's going to grow your business. Yeah, exactly. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. But you don't know, no, you know, not not dogging on people who do, you know, project based. Because I, I st- I'm doing a I'm doing a project based tomorrow. Yeah. You know, like, but I, I think that this is where we need to go. I think, and I, and I think this is what's going to be sustainable as just a business that's going to be predictable. I think that's what's going to, that's what's going to do it. And project based still has its place, even with like, especially you know you can be a freelancer doing project based like, one one off projects for a company with mm-hmm. that has a social media team already, that's kind of building up that consistency, and you're just one cog in that machine. Absolutely, and that's totally fine, and that's that can even be a working model. Right. But in general, everything goes back to you got to be long term. Absolutely. And take your time. You have to. Or it's not, it just, it doesn't work. Yeah. So like even, so like even if you do do one project for a business, it's then their responsibility to follow up on it. And if they don't, then because the video that you made for them is probably beautiful. They paid you money to do it in the first place. It's probably yeah. great. But if they do nothing to follow up, then they're abusing, they're abusing that and they're not getting the value that they could be. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense for sure. Do you have any more questions? I think we've kind of covered everything that I wanted to. Yeah. I mean. Hold up. Sick. Oh, for those who are listening, 
He just nailed the <laughs> bottle flip. <laughs> I'm so glad I made first that first try. try. <laughs> yeah, it would have been really awkward if we. I was like, this is on camera, so like maybe ended. it'll happen, maybe it won't. But if it does happen, it'll be dope. Just immediately did, yeah. in the podcast because <laughs> you missed it. Yep. I'd be like, it, oh, it right here. Here. done. <laughs> now, uh, I did want to ask about books. You yes. have posted a ton. And I know that a lot of your content strategy comes from Gary Vee. Absolutely. I've read like Dude, every book. No, so no secret. I, Gary Vee and Casey Neistat are probably my two biggest like sources of inspiration as far as like, honestly, I think I'd be my mindset and personality <coughs> has changed from watching the two of them. Like my, my, my ideas and my mindset are completely different. So yes. Completely agree with that. I was given crushing it. The latest one, the yeah. yellow one. Uh, like a year and a half ago, and that was like what really fueled me for mm -hmm. everything. And even when I started the podcast, I went back and read uh, "Crush It" because he talks about podcast marketing and how to do yeah. that. Uh, what other? Yeah, you took action. Yeah, that's sick, dude. Uh, what other books are you reading? Have read right you're now? Right, I have a ton. We have a. We have a we write down the books that we read. Um, we call it the bookshelf and, uh, eventually want to do like book reviews or, or something like that. But I've been really big on reading this year. One of our pillars of our organization internally is education. Um, so we've been really big on reading books and stuff. So right currently right now, I just picked up today from the library, how to win friends and influence people. Uh, in, in the digital age, the revised edition, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so I've only read the foreword. I got to, I got up to chapter one and then drove here. So uh, <laughs> gotcha. I have nothing to say on that yet. But it's pretty good. Good. I'm glad because I'm <laughs> I've, reading I've it. I've skimmed it. I didn't read the full thing, but. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> by the way, this podcast is sponsored by Audible. Read books. Yeah, I wish. Is it? Is read it? Read books. Okay. <laughs> I, wish. I was like, wait, is that where this is going? That was um, the whole ploy for this <laughs> section. But, uh, okay, books that I absolutely recommend that I think are pivotal to um, what I'm doing now. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. That was the, f that was the first book um, that I read in 2019, and it is one of the best books that I've read ever. Um, if you haven't read it, read it. It's by Stephen Covey. Covey? Stephen Covey. C-O-V-E-Y. Uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's seven rules for how to live an effective life, how to be an effective human being. Um, some of the tips are like, um, they're simple, but then he expands on the, on them in great detail. So for example, uh, start with the end in mind, think about where you want to be. So let, let's say career wise, for example, Yeah. think of where you want to be in 20 years and visualize it in your mind and think to yourself, how can I get there? What steps do I need to take? What actions do I need to take? What behaviors do I need to exhibit in order to live a life that would guide me in a path toward that direction? Um, a lot of mindset stuff, a lot of, but some actual tips as well. Um, other than that, I've got, um, actually, let, let, me, let me pull up my list real quick and maybe you guys have read some of these. Um, have you read a uh, shoe dog yet? That's on the list. That's one that's of the good one. So I, I, I have 10 books here that I've read from 2019. That's one of them. And okay. it's amazing. Uh, oh, you did read it. I thought it was on your list. Oh no, sorry. Read. It's on my list of books. I have read okay. this, this year. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, Dog's a great book, dude. Um, I just recommended it to somebody yesterday because they work at Nike. That's why I recommended it. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. I think it's super important for like understanding kind of that startup life almost. Yes. And seeing like a company like Nike and the struggles that they went through to go big. And it kind of also brings up that like uh, 10 year overnight success, I think is the it's quote. It's a myth. It's a myth, dude. Well, right. It's every overnight success takes 10 years. Oh, it of takes 10 years. Preparing. I haven't heard that. I think it was. I think Peter McKinnon originally, or he wasn't originally, but he mentioned it. It was like, I like that. You know, he blew up in literally like a month. He went from zero subscribers to two million, but he, uh, not two million. A lot. Either way, point is, yeah. it took him ten years of like working in photography and video and doing that just to be an overnight success. Right. Mm-hmm. In air quotes. Yeah, yeah. That that book really does like. It, I mean, it showed you like through. I think it was like 25 years before they, well, to where they're at now. Like it, it, right. it took so many years of grit. Um, yeah. So, so the books that I've read this year, um, stop me if you've read them. Uh, Crushing it. Okay, that was the first one I read this year. Um, Jab, 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 right hook by Gary Vee. Uh, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. Uh, this is a really good one. I recommend it for both of you. Uh, the E Myth Revisited. Have you heard of that? Uh, the E myth or the entrepreneurial, the entrepreneur myth, I guess, is what the E stands for by Michael Gerber. Uh, it talks about how you, when you're an entrepreneur, you have you have three three people that you have to uh, kind of portray in your entrepreneurial entrepreneurial journey. I need to stop saying that word entrepreneurial because I can't say it. <laughs> uh, you're the manager. You're the uh, the entrepreneur and you're the, uh, the, I forgot, I forgot <laughs> what it was, but basically there's three different hats. You Oh, the, the technician. So the technician is the person that's like doing the work, like doing the video work. And if you spend all your time just doing the video work, you're not being the manager. You're not managing certain aspects of your business. You're also not being the visionary that's taking your business elsewhere, I, I guess, but read that one. Uh, Predictable Success by Les McKeown, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight, Content Inc. by Joe Polizzi. Polizzi. Um, the Last Lecture by Randy Pausch. Posh. I just read that one. That is fantastic. Um, and this one's really good. Atomic Habits by James Clear is just how to build good habits and stick with them. Um, Build, yeah, just build habits that stick. That one's on my list. Atomic habits. I yeah. haven't read it yet. Uh, have you read The Power of Habit? Because no, that's kind of in no. that same vein. I think I, it was like I was going to choose one of those habit books to read, uh, and I just went with Atomic Habits. Um, the Power of I Habit. I the other way. The Power <laughs> of Habit. Okay. I'll put, I'll put it on the list. Uh, I could probably let you borrow it. I will take I've it. i got it. I will take it. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, I love reading, and that's a, been a big goal for, like, this year is to read more. But I kind of ran out of things on my list. Yeah. Because it's, like, they're, they're, it's so saturated that it's hard to just pick one. Yeah. And you want to just read everything. And then by the time you read the one, you forget what the other ten that you yeah. want to read for. You have to have a list, dude. Yeah. If you, if, if you, I mean, if you want to remember them. <laughs> yeah. Because, Cause, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I've yeah, I'm looking forward to reading like Zero to One by Peter Thiel, I think, um, and The Lean Startup by don't know his name. Um, the Lean Startup Zero to One are just like two books that are constantly on like best books for entrepreneurs that yeah, because I scroll those lists all the time. Mm. Um, but yeah, reading's essential. Read. Awesome. Yeah. I think that kind of wraps everything up. For uh, sure, yeah. Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me, uh, you can find us at Holstein Studios. That's H-O-L-S-T-E-I-N-S-T-U-D-I-O-S. Did I spell that right? Studios. Holstein Studios, so. <laughs> com. You can find all our videos and blog articles there. And, of course, that'll all be linked in the description. Heck yeah. In the show notes. Yes. All right. And there we go. Thank you again for being on our podcast. Yeah, it it's been fun, boys and girls. Thanks for yeah, having me. Of course.